for you, what would the role of technology in the classroom be, and, and even the teacher's role in the classroom be? So I, when I think about technology in the classroom, I think that we've moved from thinking of technology as a skill you learn um, to a tool that you use. Mm. And so when I think about technology's role in the classroom, I think about it as a way to make learning more <laughs> than it used to be. Mm. Um, because there are things that we can do with technology that just weren't scalable. It just wasn't possible to do before. What are some of the things that we can do now that we couldn't do before? It's, it's interesting because just the other day I was talking to, just yesterday I think, I was talking with Jackie. Uh -huh. And um, I have a teacher at Aurora Hills that uh, kind of discovered something or stumbled onto something more or less on accident. And he called it scaffold blasting. Scaffold blessing. Scaffold I will tell me more. Right. Tell me and more. And so he was using Google Classroom. Sure. Right. And you know, you whenever you're sitting in front of your 30 students and you're trying to plan for them, you have such a wide range that some students need this kind of help, some students need this. Absolutely. And so when you're designing some work for them, it's really hard to know how to design work that pushes the kids who are ready to be pushed and yet supports the kids that are ready to be supported. Mm -hmm. And if I have 32 kids in my classroom in 55 minutes, sometimes it's hard to do both at the same time. You know, it's just not scalable. Yes. Um, so what he did was he made a document and he asked a question, the social studies teacher, and he asked a question, and that's all he did on that. And the kids that were ready to be pushed went. And then he's, as he started walking around, he started seeing predictably some kids he thought might struggle with it. He went to their Google Doc, he had scaffolds ready, he just didn't put them on the document. Mm. So he copied the scaffold they needed, boom, pasted it in their documents immediately. And so then when they hit refresh, or actually they don't have to hit refresh because they were in a Google Doc, the scaffolds appeared for them. So the kids who need to be pushed and who are ready to take more of a leadership role in asking their own questions to themselves, have the opportunity to do that, and the kids who need a little support in thinking about what questions to ask themselves, get that, and the kids that need bricks and mortar, you know, they need sentence starters, get that. And you can't do that with a piece of paper and 33 students in 55 minutes. You can either try to predict what they're going to need and print them off copies of that and then switch out papers, <laughs> which, you know, again, it's not scalable, and you can't go around and write on everybody. So for you, it's it's about sort of uh, a little bit about efficiency, um, but it's also about creating opportunities that weren't possible previously. Big time, and I think my, I think my teacher uh, will always think like a teacher, and so the teacher part of me, one of course wants to meet the needs of the student, but also wants to be efficient. Yeah, because there's just so much to do, and that kind of hit the sweet spot of both of them. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. it's not that he didn't plan ahead; he knew what scaffolds he might need to use. He just didn't know which ones would need which scaffolds and how much. Mm. And even if he did, how do you make 30 different copies of a worksheet? You know? mm -hmm. So technology allows that to happen, whereas without the technology, it doesn't. And so when you are working with teachers, supporting them, how do you get them to see those new possibilities or uh, support them in discovering their own, like this teacher did? I think... Um, it's almost as different as there are different teachers. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, you have to, you, the relationship is the first thing that you have to have with any teacher. 
uh, that you're working with or with anyone that you're working with, you have to have a relationship and you have to ask questions. Mm. And um, I try to not go in with preconceived ideas about what they should be doing yep. um, and simply have a reservoir of things they could do and just trust, <laughs> this was hard, but just trust that I would know an answer or a direction we could go in in our conversation. I used to, when I was a teacher, I would plan out a lesson and I knew where we wanted to go at the end of 55 minutes and I knew the intermediate steps we were going to hit. When you're working one-on-one -on -one with people, you just can't do that. Because you don't know, it, we live in a world of infinite possibility and you just don't know in what direction a conversation is going to go. And so I try to just listen and trust that I'll have some input that will help them think about their job a little bit differently and think or about be able to connect them to or something. Or be able to connect them to someone. Yeah. Yeah. And and so one of the questions I have uh, that I, I think I think may be important to, to sort of think through is you uh, you have sort of made the case that uh, that technology provides a lot of possibilities that weren't previously there for for students. Um, and lets you kind of scale a lot of the supports that you would like to give, but you couldn't previously. Um, how do you feel like the technology is allowing you to do that with teachers? You were talking a little bit about the one-to-one -one conversation and sort of relationship. Do you feel like technology is also empowering you to either be more efficient or to better serve the needs of many teachers sort of across. Oh, I think, yeah, there, and there's tons of examples of that. It, um, rather than buying, and it's not that I don't buy books on Amazon, but rather than <laughs> buying a ton of books, you know, you develop a, a professional learning network, you know, and you use Twitter and you follow links and then you find blogs that you like to read and regularly read, and so you read those. And it, without technology, that type of opinion and thought is just not possible. The mm. kind of back and forth critical thinking. Um, unrelated to my job, I like to argue on Facebook. Um, <laughs> sure. And, but what I have found about arguing on Facebook is you really do hone some critical thinking because you don't want to set yourself out there with a provocative statement and then, you know, get schooled. So <laughs> you have to think about what you're saying and you have to make sure that it's logical all the way down, right? And so technology allows those type of things to happen where they didn't used to. It used to just be arguing with your drunk uncle over Thanksgiving, you know, and it just didn't, couldn't get anywhere. Technology allows, um, like, I know I got off track here, so let me... Well, let me actually ask that question of, uh, do you feel like that kind of online discourse is a skill that our teachers need and, and that even maybe students need? Yeah. I, I, there's there's something very different about having a discussion across a table or even in a classroom and having it online. Um, I got my, my master's online at the mm -hmm, University of mm -hmm. Missouri and what I discovered right away was I have sat in many graduate classes and just sat in the class and participated and interjected and walked out really not getting much, mm -hmm, you know. Mm -hmm. But when you know what you're write, writing is going to be read and reread, and perhaps argued with, you are a little more thoughtful about the way you phrase things and the way you think things through. Because when you're in a face-to-face -face conversation, unless you're being recorded, um, <laughs> what you say kind of goes out into the air and then it's just gone. Yeah. You know, unless it's like really provocative. Right. But, 
But when you're writing things, you really want to think it through because you know people are going to be reading it. That's part of the assignment. And so, well, and it almost creates that uh, authenticity, right? So the role of the the, te the technology or the platform that you're using is to sort of create that authentic environment for the debate or for the uh, the conversation to take place. Hmm. Well, I feel like you have definitely tackled, you know, what the, the role of technology is both for, for the students and, and even for the teachers. I'm interested to think about what uh, your questions are. Like, what is one question that you feel like is either plaguing you or, or that you think we really should be tackling together uh, as, a, as a system of, uh, of rural public schools? I, I think... I think one of the things that we have to think about, um, and I, I read it last weekend, and this might be too granular, but maybe we can make it bigger by talking it out. We, we tend to think about um, students and their achievement in certain ways, but one of the ways that we know is students need to come to school to, to learn, okay. or, or we, we hope that they're learning when they come to school. Okay. Well, let's put it that way. Yep. And, um, and so attendance is always something we're trying to work on. And I read an article last weekend about um, a school district in Missouri that paired up with Whirlpool because they figured out that they had kids that weren't coming to school because they didn't have clean clothes. And so we, they, um, got some washers and dryers. And I don't know exactly how they ran the program, like if there were rules or if it was a club or whatever, right. but the kids could wash their clothes. And the results were staggering. The kids that they tracked, 90% of them improved their attendance. And then when teachers were surveyed, they got results back like 95% of the teachers said, yeah, they're more engaged in class. They're more cheerful. They're, more, they're easier to be around. They participate more in extracurricular activities. And so knowing that we live in a high poverty area of Colorado, um, I don't think we're necessarily always asking those kinds of questions, not just about what our kids need in the classroom from the teacher, but what our kids and families need. Mm. Um, so it's I, just stopping there. What do our kids and families need? Yeah. Um, and do you feel like we could do a better job of sort of asking that question? I do. I don't know, I don't know what that better job would look like, but okay. I don't think we ask it enough. Mm. And I don't think we... I think we're, we can't compare ourselves to Dugco or to Jeffco because the students in those districts need different things than our students do, and it's that's not saying that all students can't learn or whatever, but the reality is in our area in Aurora, there are different needs than there are in the area of town I live in. Mm. It's different, and so maybe we should be talking about um, buses parked in neighborhoods broadcasting Wi-Fi. Maybe we should be talking about food banks. Mm. Maybe we should be looking at how many homeless students do we have. And, and how can we support not just students, but their families? And I know we can't do everything. We, you know, we don't have all the money in the world. But I think sometimes there are issues beyond what happens in the classroom that, are, well, we know that there are. Right. Well, absolutely. We know, absolutely. we know 80% of it is outside the classroom. But how can we mitigate mm -hmm. those issues better? Well, I think just by asking the question, right? Mm -hmm. um, it produces some some surprising results. I mean, and your the example from from uh, the article that you read. 
my guess is they would never have sort of figured that out had they not asked, had, had they not really thought deeply about it and sort of thought, well, what can we do? What can we, and who can we partner with, right? They weren't doing it themselves. Right. And so I think that question of not only what do our, our folks need, but who can we part with, partner with to give or to support? Right. Um, because you're right, we don't have all of the resources, but maybe as a community we do. Right. And I think that's, a, that's really valuable. I really appreciate your time. Sure. Thank you so much. Absolutely.